This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip and Advice Podcast that's usually about its tangents as much as it is about its tips, but this one will be a little bit different. I'm alone recording this, so there is no guests per se, but there are guests also per se. I just wanted to make a dedicated episode to talk through a few things because I feel like, I mean, I know that we've never seen anything like what we're going through right now. None of us have seen a pandemic. None of our parents, maybe even our grandparents haven't seen a pandemic. I mean, when was the Spanish flu? Spanish flu. 1918, so 100 years ago. Wait, when were we allowed to vote? 1919. Oh my God, the Spanish flu happened and then the next year women were allowed to say something about life. Okay, so it was a complete 180 back then. I can only imagine that it's going to be a complete 180 right now. And I think we've been seeing that. I mean, I think life as we know it is different and it will be different when we come out of this. But I honestly think that maybe we needed that. I mentioned in one of these episodes that I saw something online, as always, that said, I had to make you uncomfortable, otherwise you wouldn't have moved. And it was like, dash the universe. So I feel like that coupled with Newton's first law of whatever he did, <laughs> that's so bad. Like he, he changed the world and worked so hard and I cannot remember what he did. Newton's law of motion. So anything in motion will continue to be in motion or anything at rest will continue to be at rest until an outside force obstructs it or affects it in any way. After the Spanish flu, the world changed. And then we got used to it. We got used to polluting. We got used to overworking. We got used to being in our ways as humans do. And an object in motion continues to be in motion until an outside force, coronavirus, disrupts and affects the life we knew and the world that we've actually created it to be. So before I get into everything else, I want to start with the fact that there is no right way to be in a pandemic. It's confusing because I feel different every day. I feel different almost every hour. I joke about it online in some of my videos, but there are truly no rules right now. There's no guidebook. There are no tips and tricks because it's never been done before in our lifetimes. The only way to really be in a pandemic is to do just that, is to just be. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and we were trying to decipher how we felt about that one saying that's been going around the internet that was saying your value is not tied to your productivity. And in the beginning, I was super triggered, but I was like, oh, that's very on point. 
But then I was like, hang on, what makes me feel good? And I don't know if it's my ego or my creature of habit, but I really do like getting things done. And sometimes I don't get shit done and that's fine. But I know that if I do something, whether it's making the bed, making food, learning something, I feel so much better. Like I feel like I've taken a shower if I shoot a video. I feel like I'm cleansed if I clean my room. So if you're on the other side of that saying, that's okay too. If you wanna be productive and that makes you feel good, do that. I feel like anything could be divisive right now, but the one thing that is very inclusive is the fact that we are all going through this together. So I've recorded about 100 episodes of this podcast, and I think there are some gems buried in some of these episodes that I feel like can speak to some of the different emotions that we're feeling through all of this. I'm not saying that we're all feeling the same way, but we are all collectively going through the same thing, as individualistic as that is because all of our situations are nuanced and different. I mean in the fact that we are all being affected one way or another by this virus. So let's start with how things have changed. Entropy, I've been really into like thermodynamics as like this bigger thing. And one of the, I think the second law of thermodynamics is entropy, the fact that everything decays. Uh But it's really like actually a nice thing because what it means is everything changes. And so no matter where you are in your life, where you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm never going to be out of this phase in my life. The universe has to change. Life itself, matter has to change. You will change and you will end up in a place 10 years from now that you could not possibly imagine yourself in. And so just like chill, just wait and it'll change. I love this so much. I love everything about this. You can look at something as decaying or you can look at that as the end of that life cycle and now it's going to be something completely different. It's like that one semi-sonic song is like every new beginning is some other beginning's end. This era that we're going through is the end of the world as we knew it. And for a lot of people, the change means working from home if they've been lucky enough to keep their job. And now like my life has changed. My like lifestyle has changed. I work from home. Um, there is an elliptical in the building, but it's like the building next door. So it's just, so it is very easy for me to roll out of bed and sit right at my desk yeah, and not like get up and, and put on gym clothes. I can effectively work naked or in my underwear or what, or a chicken suit. I don't care. Like I don't have to put on, um, which is changing my habits. I feel this so hard. I'm currently wearing sweatpants that have a stain on them, a tank top, but I'm wearing makeup. That's the one thing that I've realized that has helped me feel a little bit more normal in all of this is I don't put jeans on mainly because I don't fit in them, but that's fine. The makeup part really helps, whether it's brushing your hair or cleaning up. I don't ever put on real clothes, But also no shame to you if you want to do that, if you don't want to put makeup on and let your skin breathe, but like put a real shirt on, do that. There's um, another meme on the internet that it's saying like, if you're putting jeans on during quarantine, like who are you a psychopath? People can put jeans on if they want, okay? Everyone is right in this scenario. We're getting like a free for all forced permission to do whatever we want during this time. Obviously, if you have a job, you still do your job, but you're working from home. And that's something that everybody has always wanted to do. I think my main point here is if your life feels like it's been turned upside down, remember in your past life, I guess, quote unquote, the pre-corona, BC, before corona, taking something that you did a lot because we are creatures of routine as well, taking that and implementing it even into this time because there's so much uncertainty of not only what's going on in the world, what's going to happen, but for a lot of people, no one really knows what day it is. And if you don't have a schedule that's set up as here's the week and then here's the weekend, this could all blend into one really long day. 
So taking something from the structured portion of your life, which will look different for everyone, that can be jeans, that could be your makeup, that could be a cup of coffee in the morning, whatever it is, that's self-care. We can't do a lot right now, but the one thing that we can do is care for ourselves. I feel like this whole quarantine situation is pretty much a clean house. Is that what they call it? They're like when you move and you have like a clean, a clean slate. You get a clean slate. You're cleaning up shop and clean slate is what I want to say. So this is a blank canvas. You can take your favorite colors, your favorite activities, your favorite things that you like to do and start with those. Use those to start creating whatever your surrounding is. Take the best of what you had and start base level and that's what you have. If your base level is the best of what you used to have, that's incredible. As a people, we like to be really familiar with things. So really comforting pillars of what you know and are familiar with and bringing them into the unknown in this very precarious time, I think is what's gonna ground us all in dealing with it and being patient. Cause we don't, we're basically on lockdown and we don't really know what's next. I was joking with a friend of mine when we were traveling that it really felt like we were in a novel. We were in a mystery suspense book that we didn't know what the next chapter would be, but we couldn't put it down. Like we are, we can't actually put it down because we are living it, but it is a story that is unfolding. We just haven't gotten to the next chapter yet. Another friend of mine and I were talking about how some days we don't feel like doing anything because we're so affected by the gloom. I don't know if it's gloomy some days where you guys are, but in California, it's usually supposed to be sunny. That's why many people flock and move here. It's for the weather. The weather has been shite lately, and so we feel personally affected by it and we don't want to do anything we tell ourselves that we're going to work out or we're going to do a bunch of stuff because we want to which is fine but then we wake up and it's gloomy and we don't leave the couch because it's so so sad and that's also okay every day is going to be different as much as we love routine we can change the routine at any day because every day will be different sometimes you just wake up and you're like, I want to die. Like, I don't want to be here today, but not in like a very sad way, but mm -hmm. like, oh, I just want to go back to sleep and you do nothing. And sometimes you can't be that person that like smiley, like, hi, I'm Rebecca or hi, Megan. It's like, if we're here at this level, we can just wake up and accept that that's the level that we're at and we're going to operate our best at that level. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to push so hard based off of what you aren't waking up as. Like take whatever you yeah. have and go go that way that yeah. day. This actually goes perfect with what I was just talking about with my friend and I, is that we will not be able to perform at the same level every day because we are humans and not robots. My moods right now change on the hour, every hour, some days, and other days I just don't really feel anything at all. I think it's a lesson in accepting the feelings that we have and not putting pressure on ourselves to alter them because deep down we are all experiencing some level of grief and we all deal with grief in our own way. When you think about it, like we've lost a lot of things in the last few months. Some people have lost their jobs, some people have lost their freedom, some people have lost loved ones, some people have lost the way that they were living their lives that worked so well for them. So if you're feeling like you've been stripped of resources or you can't do the things you wanted to, I found that times of adversity really set the stage for creativity to happen because you have to be resourceful and you have to pivot and you have to be flexible and figure out what you can do with what you have. You know, I, I think one of the keys to finding your own joy is if there's a lack of it and mm. you can't find it, then you have to create it. And to me also limitations is a really great creative engine because uh, it, it will make you think of a different way than if you would have just had all the time in the world without any limitations. Like that, that to me is daunting. 
Another daunting thing would be to not talk about your feelings. We have so many of them all the time, even without being in a pandemic. But now that this is on top of it, we gotta be talking about our feelings. And I know that with social distancing, you can't really hang out with your friends, but you're probably already doing it. But I mean, FaceTimes, Zooms, calls, textings, Textings? I'm 70. Just because we're social distancing and can't be around each other doesn't mean we can't still be with each other. The good thing is we are all dealing with this. So we all have something to connect with. We all have a baseline of shared experience. So you can use that to create a support system if you don't already have one in place. Truly, like... When I have had my most, like, feeling so lonely in my real world or whatever, the internet has been my lifeline. So I think just talking to anyone. They say that, like, a problem shared is a problem halved or, you know, like, whatever it is. Oh, that's cute. So. I like that. I think it releases some of the, um, the pain, the tension, the whatever the feeling is. We really need to relate in order to feel connected. Yeah. That's for sure true. And for me, I don't feel like I, I mean, it kind of depends. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm upset, it, I find it easier when the other person's going through it too. So I can kind of listen to them and we can kind of go back and forth and connect and relate. I find if a person is faking being happy and there's an inauthenticity in the space, even if I'm in a fine mood, it'll piss me off. Yeah. But that's only because I feel I'm picking up on something that's not real. Because there's nothing worse than being in pain, but then masking it with fake joy. Right. Because they're trying to like, it's like, we just want what's real. We don't care if it's happy or it's sad or if it's angry. Anger used to scare me, but now I'm like embracing my own and realizing like, oh, I actually don't get pissed off when I see other people angry. I did because I wasn't acknowledging my own anger. But now that I'm like getting in touch with it, I'm like, oh, it's not as scary as I once thought. Yeah, getting in touch with your feelings. Oh, that is my motto, my mantra. That's what you do with feelings. I've had so many times where I felt a certain type of way and I'm like, what do I do with this feeling? All you got to do is feel it. You have pain? Good. You have grief? Good. That's like being gifted a bunch of ingredients. What do you do with the ingredients? You bake a cake, obviously. I got to stop baking cakes here. (laughs) I've baked so many cakes in quarantine. It is not healthy. But those feelings are there for a reason. The feelings are the compass and you have to follow them in order to get to your final destination, which will be the cake. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So my therapist is a cognitive behavioral therapist. It's not like in the movies when the patient lies down and the therapist is like turned away from them. I think that's psychiatrists. But cognitive behavioral therapists will sit face forward to you vis-a-vis and then they'll have you talk and really just ask you where you feel it in your body. And there's a reason for that. If you are someone who is like, I'm really anxious about what's happening now, what's happening in the future, that's because you came from cave people who if they weren't worried about what was happening right now, they'd get eaten. If they weren't worried about saving food for the future, they would they would starve. Yeah. You know, like it's in our, it is survival instinct. That's why feeling things in your body makes sense is because we are hardwired to feel things based off of how we were surviving when we were cave people. These are your fight or flight responses that are alerting you to tell you that something is not how you would wish it was. Because back then it was danger. Back then it was being eaten. That was your danger. Now, when this happens to us, we're in danger of our feelings being on the line, of our identity being misunderstood. We are not in conflict with other cave people. We are not in conflict with animals. We are in conflict with something attacking our values. Whenever I start feeling embarrassed or angry or sad, my therapist asks me where I feel it in my body. And so I've got to like pinpoint exactly where I feel it. So locate the exact position, but also what does it actually feel like? Is it tingling? Is it heat? Is it pins and needles? And first of all, that helps bring awareness into your body. It helps bring you into the now and stop getting so in your head and seeing exactly how your body is reacting to it because our bodies know more than our minds do. I believe that wholeheartedly. And then after you are in your body, you can then start the process of feeling your feelings all the way. I remember in the beginning of working with my current therapist, she would tell me to feel things in my body And I'd ask her what would happen afterwards so that I would know if I did it right or I would know the order of events and almost like a checkbox of tasks. Like, have I done it? Yes, okay, then what's next? What should I be looking for? And she would never tell me because the only task is to feel it. The rest isn't important because whatever happens, I don't know if it's different for everybody, but I do know that once you feel it, then you'll understand what to do from there. Our body is like, okay, just hang on with me. Our body is like an eight ball and you need answers. And all you can do is feel the feelings and you shake the eight ball in order for it to feel its feelings. Us feeling our feelings is the agitation of an eight ball. And then after we're done feeling them, after we're done shaking it, then our answers reveal themselves. So the next time that you start to feel something in your body, there's a million things you could do when it starts to tell you that something is quote unquote wrong. With coronavirus specifically, it's a very understandable feeling that keeps popping up in a bunch of different people that I'm talking to, which is this sense of helplessness. Usually when people are angry at student loans or the system, right? It's it's very much like a helplessness. Right, it's exactly what what I was about to say. So it's like the thing that just came to my mind is focus on helping others. Because if you feel helpless for to help yourself, Um, shift outside of yourself and like really like look into the world, not the greater world, because that could be overwhelming, but to start with like just what around you can you do to, to help others? I also read this thing the other day that I was like, oh, I love this. It's called the second arrow. Have you ever heard of this Mm -mm. concept? But basically like a shitty thing happens to you and that's the first arrow that gets like 
lodged into you. Uh-huh. The second arrow is you're doing its judgment on the shitty thing that oh, happened. Oh, you're like stabbing in yes. a second arrow. So why would you? If you're yeah. already hurting, why would you hurt yourself more by judging your pain? Just accept the pain and like almost like have a conversation with it. Like say like, thanks for being here. And then figure out a way that you can deal with it. I want to add something here is just like an exclamation to the point of not judging your pain, not judging yourself at all. Whatever you want to do during this time, you can do. You have permission to do anything. If you need permission, the world has just given it to you. You have permission to feel sad. You have permission to feel angry. You have permission to feel helpless. You have permission to feel like a sack of potatoes. You have all of the permission. Don't feel guilty for how you feel. Don't judge how you're feeling because then you're against it. You're not working with it. The only way to come to an agreement is to be in agreement. If you're denying your feelings or arguing internally with yourself, you cannot come to that place where there isn't conflict. So what I mean by dealing with it at the end of that is to face the feelings head on, not handle them. Our feelings are here to teach us or uncover something within us that we're not paying attention to. It's like dreaming. When you dream, your subconscious is basically going like, hey, you're not paying attention to this one very huge thing that we're all very aware of. And here it is in this weird, like metaphorical escape room way. We're so used to trying to fix pain in these I guess, negatively charged emotions. We try to throw remedies or band-aids over it, but doing that is denying its existence. And when you deny the existence, you extend the invitation for it to come back because pain is pesky and pesky is persistent. There's a saying that what you resist persists. So the more that you don't feel the feelings, the more that you don't look at what's going inside, the more it's going to continue to happen until you're forced to do it. Again, that's the whole, I had to make you uncomfortable or else you wouldn't have changed thing. Invite these feelings in and then explore them. I think happiness is overrated. I think happiness is one of your four or five core emotions, depending on which four or five you believe in. We've seen Inside Um, Out. We've all seen Inside Out. Absolutely. And I think letting happiness be your North Star or let happiness drive the boat all the time is 100% wrong. I think... Enjoy those moments where you're in disgust or you're afraid because they're telling you something. Yeah. And I think happiness shouldn't be what we're striving for. I think passion or vitality, living a life that you want to live, that you want to jump out of bed for in the morning, even if you're jumping out of bed to go fight a fight that you don't like the way the world is right now and you're like, this is what I believe and I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to go do this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's moments, there's pockets of just pure happiness and they're just little bubbles that float and eventually they'll pop. But happiness can't last forever. I mean, it would be boring if it did. It wouldn't be happiness. Yeah, it would just be base level living. Yeah, that that becomes your new base and then you'd have to find an even, it would be like a drug. Right, gateway feelings. Yeah. Happiness is a gateway feeling. Happiness is a gateway feeling. When I have people on, I usually like to ask my guests for practical advice that can be applied easier and quicker than adopting these sometimes cerebral concepts that take a long time to rewire our brains with how we're used to thinking. And this is one tactic that I keep at the top of my mind, especially during this time. I think that's really important, asking yourself what makes you happy and maybe even writing a list of those. And then when you feel unhappy or when you feel like you want to be happier, do one of those things. 
no external factors matter. The first thing on my list is always music. I also don't think that I'm ever without music, ever. I like it so much. And if I want to start feeling a specific type of way, if I want to feel nostalgic, I'll play like Dashboard Confessional or sometimes if I want to cry, play this song by Francis and the Lights. I've got different things to feel different ways. And I think that having these tools, I'm going to call them tools because I think they are. If you have these tools in order to get you to the next moment, having a list of things that could possibly make you feel better or more motivated or whatever you want to feel like is really helpful. You can do anything that you like. You can sleep. (laughs) Love that. That's the first one. You can clean. You can put your phone away. Love doing that like once a week. You can be on Pinterest for five hours or you can not do a goddamn thing at all. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. The main point is knowing that you can create your surroundings or your mood at any point. It's always available to you. There's Bringing this back to Willy Wonka, as always, there's a line in there that says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. That's just saying we could do whatever the hell we want. We are the artists of our own creation. We create the world we live in. And we really have to rely on that now because that's all that we have. If you haven't left your house with a stay-at-home order, first of all, thank you. You are a good human and a stand-up person. But given that we are here alone with our thoughts and being with ourselves means that we can do whatever we want because the only person that's calling any shots is us. You are the boss right now. You are the CEO. You have no one to pay attention to when you are with you. Call your shots. Do what you want. This is your time. Okay. Pulling it back. Let's not go on a rant. So in this episode alone, we've talked about going inward to the feelings that are arising within us and then focusing outward. When you're feeling helpless, help more. It might feel like the end of the world right now, but you have so much love to give the world. Your duty is to create happiness in the rest of the world. So don't give up on yourself just yet. And even in that, the world could be your world. It doesn't need to be the world at large. It can be the world in your apartment. Some of these days are going to be super dark. Some of them are going to be great. You're going to thrive some days and you're going to cry others. And sometimes you'll thrive and cry in the same exact day. And that's fine. These are undoubtedly dark times, of course. If you're familiar with being in a rut at all, tying it back to the entropy conversation in the beginning of this episode, everything changes. It will not be like this forever. This will all change and we will all change with it. I feel like I wake up now and like I hear the birds now and I feel the sun come in in my windows and music sounds different and food tastes different. And like I I feel like I'm so excited about life that I don't want to go to bed. And it's like, you know, six months ago, I was like, just trying to peel myself up off the floor each day. Right. And so it's it's just a true testament to like, you know, your your deepest, darkest depths can shoot you to like your highest highs. And it's it's, you know, I feel like I'm now able to like manage it. Cause I don't get me wrong, life hasn't been like perfect since then. Mm-hmm. I've still experienced all these like downfalls and just tough things, but I'm just more balanced now. I don't drop so low down and, and try and pick myself up off the floor again. I don't reach the floor anymore. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like just kind of in between and I'm just kind of coasting and I know I'm going to get back up. And it's just a matter of being like, Hey, I got you. Like we're here. We've already, I've already been through some of the hardest things in my life. So I'm like, it's it's only going to get better from here. Right. So yeah, it kind of feels like a beginning, which is really exciting. This really is a new beginning completely. It's the end of the way we knew things as we knew them. And there are going to be so many new normals once we're going back to the world and not social distancing. It's going to be so weird. I was talking to another friend of mine yesterday. And I was like, when we go to 
restaurants. Do we wipe down our silverware once the server puts our roll rollouts, roll-ups, roll-ups? I think they're called roll-ups. Are we going to have to clean those or do they give them with gloves? Like, what's the new protocol going to be? Like, how different is the world that we knew? There's no answers. We will only get those answers when we get to that next chapter. We're in this book that none of us can put down. And the only thing that we can do is be patient. I think this is a time to learn both individually and collectively on how we want to proceed and what we want to bring from our past. I'm going to call it a past life. This is, I mean... That life as we knew it is, is probably going to be different. So what do we want to take from our past life and bring into this new life? We're taking inventory and we're realizing what parts of our lives that are worth bringing and what parts we can drop off because there's no longer space for it. Honestly, I've talked about Saturn return on this podcast before. In a quick recap, Saturn returns to the exact same place in the sky that it occupied at the moment of that birth. So 30 years is really the timeline of it. And in that, people's lives get turned upside down. People make complete career switches. People get divorced. Everything changes because the universe is basically shuffling the cards for that person's life. And it's honestly doing the same thing in the world right now. I think this is the Earth's Saturn return. Is it, this is the Earth's return. The Earth's return is 100 years. I'm not an astrophysicist, but that's what we're going to say because the Spanish flu happened 100 years ago, and I'm going to say the Earth gave us 100 years to figure it out, and we barely have reusable containers. So here it is. <laughs> it's the Earth return. That's what's happening right now, the Earth return. Earth is doing a huge spring cleaning, and whatever comes out of this is hopefully gonna be better. Great. So with that very inaccurate lesson of space, I want to end the episode with really driving home the point of just feeling your feelings because we are always doing, 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 especially with the work and productivity mentality that we have all adopted because that's how this economy moves. But I just want to shift it a little bit more now that we have the time to be with our feelings and we can't do all the things that we used to do. We cannot distract ourselves with things like being as productive as we used to be. And maybe for good reason. I talk to my friends all the time about the saying, you're not alone. And I've I've used this before when I was younger and I didn't really understand that that doesn't help. Saying you're not alone doesn't help me feel any better when I'm feeling anxious. It doesn't help me feel less depressed knowing that other people are depressed. Being alone isn't the issue. Not feeling the feelings is the issue. We're never alone, no matter what. Somebody is feeling the exact same type of way we are. Somebody is thinking the same thing we are. And if we're talking about the theory of alternate universes, there's an exact same you doing the exact same thing you're doing, feeling the exact same way you are. So hearing people say you're not alone, that's not supportive. What actually feel supportive is not trying to fix or throw solutions at these feelings because the feelings are there to tell us something, not for us to tell them to quiet down. So don't try and cover them. That's part of the process. Actually, it's not part of the process. That is the process. Right now, if you're feeling powerless and that you can't do anything, staying at home is powerful. By doing quote unquote nothing, you are making actually the biggest impact of all. So if you feel lazy or unproductive because you aren't doing anything, just remember that you are doing the most good that any person could possibly be doing right now by staying home and doing your part to not spread the virus. So like, don't be hard on yourself for being lazy. Is I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like I'm like justifying doing nothing. And I kind of am. Do whatever you want. Just do it in your house. 
And at the same time, stay safe, absolutely. But just as important, stay sane. Okay, that is all for me for right now. For right now. I hope you live flexibly. I think that's how I end it. I, th- I hope you live flexibly through this. And when this is over, I also hope that we can take being flexible and pivoting into the next life that will be AC. There was BC before Corona and AC is after Corona. And after Corona, I hope we can take all the flexibility and pivoting in self-compassion, really. I feel like this is a time where we are actually being able to finally be compassionate by telling ourselves, it's okay if we're not doing a bunch of things. It's okay if we're on the couch for the entire day. It's okay if we watched 10 episodes of Jane the Virgin. It's okay. I'm rewatching it. <laughs> it's okay. I do think there's a lot of good that's in these little cocoons of our houses, if you think about it. Like we are going under transformation and AC after Corona, whatever butterfly that we are because of what we did during this time, whether that's rest, whether that's learning something, whether that's not doing anything, whatever that is, that's helping us have a little bit more balance of what we didn't have before. So again, do whatever you want during this time. This is your time. No one can tell you what's right or wrong because there is no right or wrong. There's just being, and that is our only job. So thank you for listening to this. Thank you everyone who's ever listened to this podcast and everyone who's ever been on the pod. If you're wondering who were the voices in this episode, the clips I used featured Ashley Perez, Kat Burns, Addie Weirich, Rebecca Black, Manon Matthews, Ross Everett, Justin James Hughes, Simi Singh, and Carlina Bridge. I think that's the order that I use them in. I hope it helped in any way, and I will see you on the next episode of Just a Tip. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>